Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaz, and hoping that everyone has gotten into uh, 2023 on the right foot, on the right note. Happy, merry, all the things. So as we get into today's discussion, it's been something that was being spoken about quite widely uh, back in 2022, and that's this idea around uh, the four-day work week right and um, you know a lot of debate around that because there's a lot of suggestions that are being had um, around the world of work and trying to upend what being thought of as uh, the traditional work week um, through the pandemic people were talking quite a bit about hybrid work and we saw a lot of that in action and now you have the debate of whether or not uh, people should be back at work full-time or not and as part of this whole debate is why not uh, shorten the work week to a four-day work week. So for today, we are just going to be delving into all that. And uh, to help us to understand what's going on, we are joined by Michelle Austin, uh, who is uh, the financial director of Kigo Group. And uh, she's going to be giving us a little bit of insight into what's going on and specifically who can and cannot uh, participate um, in this world of a four-day work week. Michelle, greetings to you today. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, Mudua. How are you? No, 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 no. We are doing uh, doing good, alive, good, well, and thriving um, on this end. Perhaps maybe before we get into you know the four day work week itself, uh, getting a little bit of insight into Kigo Group uh, South Africa. What uh, area of business are you guys in, and what's your interest around this issue of the four day work week? Perfect. So uh, the Kegel Group of companies is in there's five companies that form part of it. Um, we are involved in the manufacturing space and we supply equipments and consumables mostly to mines, refineries and to um, assay laboratories um, in the mining space, specifically for precious metals. Um, we've also branched out a little bit in recent years and we also now supply the industrial um, sector. So um, yes, my my interest in this is is I am heavily involved in HR, and I think it is it's a very topical discussion that um, you know brings out some good uh, debates and opinions that come out, and those are the type of conversations that I enjoy having. All right, so uh, we've got someone who is, you know, quite uh, involved around this and is, uh, you know, not shy to engage in the debate. So when we look at the debate, the discussion, where things are sitting right now, Michelle, where are we, right, when it comes to uh, the four-day work week? Is this one of those pie-in-the-sky type of um, debates that people have, sort of uh, theoretically thinking about what life could be um, in the world of work or are we seeing actual progress about this? And if there is progress, is it in South Africa, outside of South Africa? Because this sounds like something that uh, would probably be taking hold somewhere in uh, in the first world. I think I've heard of a couple of studies in Europe uh, where they've been trying to pilot this type of thing. 
Um, yeah, so it's quite interesting if you if you look at the rest of the world. Um, so, for instance, uh, Europe, um, there's a lot of companies, for instance, uh, I think Germany uh, currently runs on about a 27-hour week. Um, so much, much less than our typical 40-hour week. If you look back at history um, in sort of the 1920s, uh, the norm was actually a six-day working week. And Henry Ford was one of the instigators of changing it to a five-day work week. So bringing it down to a four-day work week is not something that's really new. It's just something that has obviously gained traction because of COVID and people working at home a lot more, people seeming to be a little bit more productive at home. So um, just in terms of the rest of the world, um, there's a number of countries that are busy doing trials or have just finished trials. So, for instance, New Zealand, um, they've had a couple of companies doing it. And basically, it's been maintaining their productivity levels. Um, employers have improved job satisfaction, a better work-life balance or integration, and they're more loyal to the company. There's also been a decrease in stress. Uh, they're reporting from 45% to 38%. And then there's other places that have been doing this. Um, so, for instance, Japan a country that is notorious for overworked employees. Uh, they rank 20th out of 35 countries in terms of productivity. They've just finished their, their first experiment and that's led to a 40% increase in productivity. So that's quite drastic. Um, the UK is also busy with, um, with some trials at the moment. And then in terms of South Africa, um, there is uh, a whole movement, the four-day work um, work week movement um, that is being implemented in South Africa. There are currently, I think it's about 20 or so, between 10 and 20 companies that have signed up for it. Um, they've actually, there's been a bit of interest, so they've extended the deadline for the first trial until the 15th of Jan, so in a couple of days' time. And that trial will be running from February uh, for six months. And then there's another trial that is set to run in May for six months. So there will obviously be additional deadlines that will come in terms of that. Um, then in terms of how realistic um, do we think it is in South Africa, I think definitely think that there are some industries that it could work in. And I think that there are actually a couple of companies that do do this already um, in South Africa. So I, I think it is very plausible thing that it could become a true thing that happens. Um, but I think that there's a lot of uh, uh, individuals and people, well, people in general that are going to have to have a bit of a culture shift because I think that we're a society that's used to convenience and we're a society that that likes things to be, you know, at the tap of a button or, uh, you know, the shops are open until five, six o'clock every day, at least um, grocery stores are open until eight in some cases. So I think it, it's definitely going to take a, a shift in some in some cases. But I think it is a reality um, that we could start seeing that becoming the norm in the not too distant future. It really does sound, at least from uh, some of the preliminary results that you were giving to us earlier on, that there are a lot of benefits uh, that do come from something like this, right? And I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, we seem to be at that moment in society where we care, where we 
are taking more cognizance of um, employee wellness, mental health, all of those issues. And it certainly does make sense. Uh, However, to your last point just now, the level of convenience that we are expecting in this always-on world does come at a price. I remember saying to someone during the festive season, um, you know, that uh, the, the fact that someone that you can go to certain shops on Christmas Day, on Boxing Day, on New Year's itself, it means that someone else has had to give up their public holiday so that someone another person can enjoy a certain convenience. And it really does seem as if um, what you call this, these ideas are... Can I call them at, at odds with each other? Uh, the fact that you can have uh, a set of people saying, yes, we are here for the four-day work week, but those same people would sort of still expect um, to get 24-7 service when it comes to certain conveniences in life. Yeah. I mean, for instance, so <laughs> I'm going to give you a personal thing that happened to me. Um, the, the shopping center that's down the road from me um, used to be open there's a Woolies and the clicks and whatever there. They used to be open until eight o'clock at night. Um, so what I used to do was I would finish up at work, go home, relax a little bit, and then I'd go out and do my grocery shopping at seven o'clock at night. Come COVID, um, the hours were reduced drastically. And if I remember correctly, um, they they closed at four or five o'clock to allow staff members to get home before before um we, we had to be home at the, at uh, 10 o'clock at night. So, um, you know, it's, it's something that we get used to. So it's going to take a complete mind shift in certain cases um, for for it to become a reality. However, that being said, um, there are there are other alternatives. So one of the things that could work is rotation. So staff rotation. So, um People might not end up having a four-day weekend per se, but they might be able to take three days off in the middle of the week or a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, and almost work in shifts to be able to make sure that there is that customer service uh, 24-7. So that that is an option that could work. Um, Some things that we just need to be careful about or to consider are the costs of doing that. So, you know, you now suddenly have somebody who was working five days a week or six days a week and is now working four, you might have to hire new staff to cover the additional shifts, which is fine as long as there is a resulting increase in sales or income to cover that that increased cost. Um, so, so there are multiple things that business owners and directors need to consider when considering implementing something like this. So let's maybe um, take it into a more practical realm, Michelle. Um, I think at the beginning we asked uh, to get a little bit of understanding into, um, you know, your group of companies. And without giving too much away in terms of whatever your strategy is internally, um, perhaps there's people that are listening to this particular conversation and might be in similar lines of business. Uh, Maybe you could talk us through the, the industries that you operate in, you know, 
what works, what doesn't work. Is it uh, is it a matter of just cutting down a day of production? Is it just saying, you know, you can have a three-day weekend? Is it giving people the ability to do the, what you call this, the rotations that you were talking about just now? Certain people even have six-day work weeks. So how does that affect those types of dynamics? Maybe you could uh, talk us through how you would think around uh, the types of industries that you guys operate in. Sure. So we we work in the manufacturing space. Um, so and we supply mines, which in most cases are operational at least five to seven days a week. In some cases, some mining operations run twenty four seven. Something to just bear in mind is that the mining industry is also one of the biggest contributors to GDP. So we need to be careful there. So, and then we've also something else to consider is we've got everything from engineers to salespeople to finance to stores and and then obviously the manufacturing stuff. So there's quite a broad spectrum of occupations within our space and also thinking about our customers, we, we need to just be a little bit careful. So one of the things that I think is really important to consider here is in the manufacturing space, in terms of capacity, a person is only able to produce a certain amount physically in a certain number of hours. So you can't expect somebody to suddenly be able to produce more in a shorter amount of time. So so that's something that that needs to be considered. Something else to consider is, I mean, another option is that they could work 10 hours a day for four days a week instead of eight hours a day. But, you know, the the problem with doing that in our environment is that um, longer hours tend to lead to employees who are tired and tired employees increase the risk of injuries. Um, and, And that's something that at Kigor, we have a saying that one injury is too many. So, you know, we really need to, to take that into account. Then if we think about the type of customers that we serve, our customers can lose a serious amount of money if they are not able to produce gold, uh, gold uh, silver, or platinum, for instance. Um, I won't even mention the numbers because some of those numbers are insane. Um, so we just need to be cognizant of that. So... Something else to consider is that we have salaried employees and we also have hourly paid employees. So how does this fit in with hourly paid employees? And we need to also just make sure that there's equality between the salaried employees and the wages employees. Um, Because it's not fair if we're giving our office staff three-day weekends and we're not giving our factory staff three-day weekends. So in terms of logistics, I think it's quite tricky to apply it to an industry such as manufacturing, mining, construction, even in even other industries like a, like logistics, for instance. We haven't, to be honest, we haven't quite figured this out ourselves yet. And I don't know, I mean, there are certain industries that I don't know if this is actually going to be able to be a reality in. You know, as the more that we have this discussion and we talk about it and you raise the points, the more complex it seems to implement something like this. Complex not because it can't be done, but complex because so many of our systems, whether it's the, it's the structure of uh, the economy, 
is geared towards that uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday type of paradigm when it comes to working at least for the majority of people, albeit the other 24-hour, uh, seven-day-a-week type of operations such as the mines uh, that you were speaking about just now. But I guess it sort of shows just how much we've geared so many of the systems in our economy towards that five-day work week and that even reducing to, to four days, just reducing uh, the work week by one day would literally, it feels like you are trying to turn the Titanic around, um, you know, in a big way because you'd probably get have to get buy-in from so many different um, stakeholders to make everything work. And I think the last one, you know, just uh, on that debate around salaried versus wage workers, correct me if I'm wrong, but it certainly feels like we are sort of caught in the same place as uh, the hybrid work situation that we had during COVID-19, where the ability to work from home, uh, if we're going to be honest, um, was sort of reserved for people that could, particularly your office workers or your professionals, uh, that type of thing. It sort of feels as if we've got the same tension at play once again when it comes to who can and cannot participate in a four-day work week if it's to really become a thing. Yeah, it, it's one of my major concerns. And I, I think that there's not one size fits all type of solution to this to this model. I think every sector is going to, and even every company is going to have to consider its specific needs and the constraints around it. So yeah, I, I, I'm of the opinion that this type of model is probably going to work more for office-bound staff and is going to work less for people who work with their hands, for instance, or or other industries. I mean, other things to consider, I mean, retail, we've mentioned hospitality, we haven't. Emergency services, the police force. What about public transport? Even hospitals and healthcare clinics, hospitals, doctors. You know, in, in some cases, it's not a want them to be available. It's a need. It's an actual, it's an actual need. So, one of the things that does concern me about this type of model is um, that it might widen existing inequalities. And it's something that we've been working so hard as a society to eliminate. So, you know, is it is it worth worth it in some cases? It, it, it's, a, it's a serious debate. And, and I don't know all the answers myself. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it is it is quite a tough one. Uh, but maybe as we're rounding up the discussion, then Michelle, I think probably um, one of the touchiest issues, I think, coming back to the wage versus salary debate uh, just now, is to say um, because I know in in some of the countries that you mentioned just now at the beginning of the conversation, they've kept paid the same. Right, uh, but with reduced expectation in terms of our um, time spent, you yes. know, in the office or in a factory or whatever it is, down to the four days. In South Africa, I can see that this would probably be a huge point of debate just because um, salaries and wages have been kept the same for people that have done some of these pilots of a four-day work week does not necessarily mean that it will happen the same here, particularly for people that are working by the hour, by the day. Even in your professional circles, there's so many, there's so much contract work, uh, freelance work that's at play where people are being built 
billed, are billing by the hour and all of that. So if you take things down to four days, that probably has a huge implication um, when it comes to incomes. Yeah. Um, I mean, something else to actually mention is also the unions. I mean, one of the biggest stakeholders um, that need to be consulted is the unions. Um, and and to be honest, um, if I look at the unions that are at play in, in our industry, I think we're going to have some serious challenges. Um, so, yeah, it, it it's, again, I don't think it is a one-size-fits-all solution. I think that every industry and and every um, sector and even every company is going to have to look at it and w- work out, sit down and figure out if the pros outweigh the cons and if there are workarounds. I think that there's also got to be major conversations um, and communication. So if, if um, a company does go ahead with it, you know, there needs to be expectations set up front uh, so that the employees know exactly what is expected of them and the employer knows exactly what they're expecting to be delivered within a certain amount of time. And that conversation needs to be ongoing because if it isn't, it's it's going to cut. I actually think it will result in the opposite effect. So disgruntled employees, disengaged employees, and you know employees who who ultimately is going to result in 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 the opposite effect ha- happening and productivity actually taking a dip. So yes, I, I mean there are like you mentioned consulting type uh, um, industries. I mean as a as a consumer or as a company purchasing consulting services the only other option is going to be if they if they resort resort to a work week and they want to keep their income the same is going to be to increase prices um and you know how how are the 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 buyers of those services going to feel about that so they they really are there's a lot of puzzle pieces to fit together to try and figure out what is going to work and what's not going to work most certainly. And uh, we're definitely going to have to continue this debate, uh, you know, more and more as people grapple around this issue. Is the four-day work week really something that's workable? Uh, have we geared too much of our society and our economy towards, um, you know, that five-day type of paradigm? Um, we definitely wait to see. But before we let you go, Michelle, given everything that we've spoken about, maybe sort of to tie everything together, at the moment when it comes to, I guess, moving this discussion forward, and especially because you are at the coalface, so, so to say, you know, being involved with HR as much as you are, what do you think needs to happen to take this thing forward? Like, what are some of the tangible, you know, next things? Because you've mentioned so many things, consulting the unions, who can and cannot participate, the possibility of rotations, um, essential services, all of that. But to actually take the discussion forward, what do you think tangibly needs to be happening at the moment? So there is actually an uh, an MPC that is um, running with this in South Africa. So um, that's the four-day week. So the website address is workdayweek.coza. And they are trying to facilitate those discussions um, with the relevant stakeholders. Um, so there have been people and companies who have signed up for this trial. So I think going forward, I think it's going to be I think they're going to actually end up taking the brunt of it and, and and discussing the major findings from those pilots with the relevant stakeholders, um, and obviously releasing them to media as they as they finish off those off those 
uh, studies. And then I think once we've got the results from the studies, I think that that's when things are going to actually move forward a little bit further. Um, and I think that's when industry experts are going to have to get involved. The unions are going to have to get involved. Certain government agencies are going to have to get involved, the various organizations. So I think that there's, there's you know, there's quite a lot to discuss and um, quite a lot of stakeholders, as as we've mentioned. So I think, yeah, the, f- the first steps are definitely running with that trial and and seeing what the results are in in the industries that have signed up for the for the um, pilot program and then decide on a way forward from there all right so it's been a you know fascinating discussion just around um the ins and outs um of uh, possibly implementing a four-day work week in south africa lots of pilots being done around the world particularly in uh, places like uh, europe and also highlighting you know asia and japan you know uh, one of those very productive types of countries even looking into how do you reduce that and they've actually seen a 40 percent quite a dramatic increase in product activity from what they're seeing but as much as we talk about employee wellness as much as we talk about um you know mental health and you know all of those issues it's very complex from the discussion now uh, that we've uh, that we've had if you are paying or billing for certain professional services by the hour what does that mean if you take things down to a four-day work week the convenience that is enjoyed by a lot of people that comes um, at the cost of time for certain uh, sectors of the economy uh, mining and hospitality um, you know medical and uh, healthcare services you know what does that mean on that end it really is complex and there are people that are willing to take this discussion forward and we're going to be waiting to see how the trials advance in South Africa and what the results are going to be from that going forward. And then the biggest curiosity will be whether or not this certainly does end up becoming a thing or whether a hybrid of some sort ends up being the happy middle ground that we do have. Michelle, thank you so much for being with us today and uh, just sharing your insights. Thank you so much, Madhuwa. I really appreciate it. All right, so that's been us. We were talking to uh, Michelle Austin, who is the financial director for the Kegel Group of Companies. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudiwa Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.